Welcome to Make Your Mark podcast, where guests share their experiences, insights, and tactics to help you accelerate your business. So building, scaling, and monetizing your business is made easier. And I'll be your host, Kay Suthar. Guys, oh my goodness, I have an exciting guest for us today. Her name is Beate Chalette. She is the growth architect and the founder of The Women's Code and provides visionaries and leaders with strategies, blueprints and result-orientated tangible tools as well as techniques that give you clear steps to improve business systems, strengthen leadership skills and teams so you can scale your impact. Please welcome to the stage the amazing Beate Chalette. Thank you for being Thank on this podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for you to be here. Yeah, no, no. Uh, as I am, I do like uh, I, I do like talking to other women trailblazers. So let's let's do it. <laughs> right? Oh my god, amazing! Now, before we get into the nitty gritty um, of things, I would love for you to share with our audience today. You know what your background is, what you were doing before you even built business. Yeah, so I am originally from the creative arts. So I used to be a photographer and I realized very quickly that I am better at the business side of things because it just kind of comes easy to me. I see the systems and the structures and I it's very easy for me to build, you know, build workflows and things around that. So I went into the business side of photography first as an editor at L magazine in Germany. Oh. And then I realized that that really was not very satisfying to me because once you're a photo editor, you're a photo editor forever. There's no, I mean, there might be a senior photo editor and then there's an art director, which I didn't want to be. So like you do that job and that's the job for the rest of your life. And that that just wasn't what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And so I um, wanted to do something adventurous, something that I always wanted to do, never had the courage to do. So I said, I'm going to do my year abroad in and choose Los Angeles as my go-to place. It's the year that never ended uh, many, 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 many years later. And I started here as an artist representative for photographers, uh, for still photography production. I've worked with clients like Mercedes-Benz and with um, BMW and Levi's and Wrangler and a lot of catalogs from all over the world that came to Los Angeles to produce and I endured a decade of just bad luck and tragedy that includes fires, floods, riots, an earthquake, September 11, a tsunami, a lawsuit, and as of recent, a pandemic. So I jokingly say I am disaster proof. So to, to sum it up, the story is not the princess that woke up one day and then one day she was crowned the queen, but a really hard, hard, hard journey to dig myself out of $135,000 in debt, figure out how to crack the code and then get myself out on the other side, which I did, which I'm sure we're going to talk about some more. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. So do you know what the first thing that kind of really stands up to what you were saying is you have got a, a diverse background and you've worked with some of, you know, these high clientele at BMW and working for L magazines and things like that. And one of the questions that I get asked a lot is, oh my God, I've been like, say for example, I've been a photographer for 20 years. Why am I going to start from scratch doing something something completely different? Like that makes no sense, right? 
this is what I hear from people a lot. So they just stick to what they've been doing, what they know, because they don't want to start from scratch all over again by, you know, when they're in their 30s or 40s. So my question to you is, why did you decide to take a different direction? And, you know, where are you at regards to that? That's actually a question I don't think I've ever really been asked before. So I I like that little little twist to the story. And it's really a very simple answer. You have to ask yourself if this is enough. Ah, so I ask my clients, did you come here to be mediocre? Hmm. And then there's this awkward pause. And then most people don't say, yeah, mediocre sounds great. Let's do it. I'm in. When you said, did you come here to be mediocre? Everybody goes like, not really. Then, well, if you don't didn't come here to be mediocre or your ministry or your challenge or your passion, then you tell me, is this good enough for you? And so you have to then get to the pain point level that is so high that your pain of staying has to be greater than the fear of change. And unless that pain is so excruciating that you you really feel you're changing, most people don't change. They rather stay where they are, even if it's terrible, even if they're barely scraping by. But it is better to know the familiar and to understand the suffering because it's manageable versus to go in the unknown because the unknown is scary, even though... We understand in mindset with the spiritual laws of the universe, with just how work in general works. And we know that there are people who are successful and we still stand there and say, yeah, that works for them, but it could never work for me. And then I say, well, if somebody does it, it must be possible. If it's possible, it must be possible for you. If it's possible for you, then the question goes from a can I to a how can I? Right. And I like that because you, I guess you're giving your clients a different perspective, what life could be like, right? And not just kind of settling for what they know and where they're at right now. Yeah, I think that there's a line that I heard and I wished I could give, uh, give attribution. And somebody says, I cannot want this more for you than you want this for yourself. Mm. Because I want this for you bad. I, I, I mean, really. I have told my clients, you know, because when you get to, just before you get to the finish line, get so exhausting that most people want to give up. I have told my clients, I'll carry you over the finish line if I have to, but you are not allowed to give up now because you're right there. You're exhausted. You're burned out. You're, you can't work anymore. You, you're at the point of complete surrender. It's not moving. You don't know what to do. You're willing to give it all up. That's when you have to double down one more time. Wow. Okay. I see. And so as a business architect, what does that really mean um, for you and your clients? Where do people first start when they come to you and get coached by you and build a business? So um, I do as, um, you know, one of my favorite things to do is building systems. <sighs> and I work off the five-star success blueprint, which is my system that I have created, but I have created many, many, many systems for many different clients. 
And what it means is that you take basically your all the knowledge that you have that you accumulated, and it's equivalent of you baking it into a nice long piece of baguette. So if you've ever been to Paris, and you walk by the boulangerie and you go like, oh, fresh bread, yes, right, and you go in and everybody in Paris runs around with their baguette. Anyway, which is which is the funniest thing, right? It's, it's like, I've never seen so many people walk around with a baguette, but now I know why, because it's so good. So now you want to consume this baguette and you, maybe you'll take a bite right away. Maybe you'll restrain yourself until you're home and then you have some with jam, some with brie. You may have another slice for lunch with your salad. And then at night, maybe you, you'll do it with the garlic bread, with with whatever the beef or whatever you're cooking. So you get to have the whole thing. You just take it one bite at a time. But when it comes to the knowledge that we we do for our, that we want to give to our clients, we have a tendency to do what I call the knowledge vomit, which is like, we want to take everything that we've learned in you know the 10, 20 years we've been doing it, and we want to vomit it on them all at once. So I designed these systems, you know, in, I call it growth architecture, and in growth architecture, you go in and you say, well, what are really the steps, the slices of this bread? And so what is the transformational journey of our customer that we want to guide them through one by one by one by one? So now we are um, we are having a diagnostic tool because I know what the steps of the journey are that a client typically goes through when they come to me. So when I'm now in an intake conversation, so I would then, let's say, you and I would be talking about this. And obviously, you have a podcast, so your idea seems to be pretty flushed out what your business is. Okay. Then we'll go to the second part, which is the offer. Then we look at, does the offer solve the problem that we understand in, in the first star, which is who is our client, what problems are they having, and how are we going to be solving these problems? Only when you have that can you go to the offer. From the offer, you go to building your systems because then you know what the system needs to do to bring the offer in front of your customer so that they are having their problems being solved. When you have the system, you go to your team. Now you build the team that operates the system, that manages the offer, that goes to the client, that solves a problem. And then the final step is you as a leader because then the question is, what leader do you need to be to manage the team that runs the systems that produce the offer that then solves a problem? So that's how, how growth architecture works. And I took the term because I, I was thinking about when you're building a house, yes. you pour a foundation, you get a blueprint for the house. But what you do with the house on whether you are putting expensive fixtures in it, on whether the walls are blue or green or white, on whether you want a cat or a dog, five kids, 15 kids, no kids, you can put in that house whatever you want. But the blueprint of building a house needs to exist before you can furnish it and move it. Uh, you know what? And I love that analogy because the minute you hear it, it kind of puts things into perspective and, and it makes sense, right? We need to get the foundations of a business right in order to then build on it. And I like the fact that, 
you know, you're very open and you you say that, okay, first of all, we need, this is the first step, this is the second, this is the third, right? Because a lot of people, I guess, when you don't know what you don't know, you just kind of copy everybody else and what they're doing. But that isn't necessarily where you should be starting at. No, I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. The internet marketing world of if you only do this one thing, Mm. then magically everything falls in place, right? Yes. Yeah. And we hear that time and time again, right? But you're there to say, now, hold on a second. What are your goals, right? What is it that you want to achieve? And then take it step by step. Right. And then the thing is, when we see all these people in the Internet world saying that you need to do this, you need to do that. They didn't all start from there. They all started from scratch as well. But people tend to forget about that. Right. And people didn't know them from day dot. They got to that point because they spent years working on their business and building it up. And you're there to say some right. This is where you need to start, which gives them a clear step on what they need to do first. And then forgetting about all the overwhelm right, of having to do X, Y, and Z, because there is so much that goes into business. And so when you have a client that approaches you, what are a couple of the first things that they need to think about when starting a business and building it? Yeah, so so the way we do it, you, you first want to do the diagnosis. And, you know, for everybody who is listening to this podcast, you need to have your system in a diagnostic tool because that is your diagnostic tool. The language then comes to, let me take you through a series of questions to figure out where you are at. Is it a lack of alignment? Are you missing pieces? Um, Where are the blind spots? Mm -hmm. A lot of business owners know that they're not good at certain things, so they just pretend it's not happening and they focus on the things that they like to do, especially creatives. They rather buy a new camera versus sitting down and learning the business side of things. It's not your quality of your work. It's that you suck at your business on why you're broke. Mm-hmm. So you can you you can you can you can improve your the quality of your work again and again and again. But if nobody sees it, it's 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 worthless because you're not going to be able to make sales. So I think that you want to go in. And understand that in order to build that foundation, you need to know where you want to go. And then when we have the diagnosis, we know what strategies we need to pull in from all the different people that are out there. I'm not the best at copywriting. I'm not the best at speaking training. I am very clear about the pieces that I put together. I put the overall strategy and the system together so that you can go out and then know in which phase of which growth phase of your business, you are going to need what to get to that next level. So now when when we are going in and we say, we are now in the authority, let's say we're in the authority building part of the business, which is how, you know, really how to build a client attraction system and how to get leads and pro- prospects into your pipeline. And when you have that, you need to figure out, well, what do I even need? Is it that I need speaking? 
Is it that I need podcasting? Am I a podcast host? Am I a podcast guest? Am I doing a LinkedIn strategy? Uh, am I doing an Instagram influencer strategy? What are the different pieces that I want to do that I can do? So instead of getting sidetracked with everybody, you know, screaming at you, look at me over here, over here, you then can look at your plan and say, this is what I need to do now because I'm focusing on sales because I'm in where the offer is. So I flushed out my offer. I now need to figure out how to make sales. That's all I'm going to do for this quarter. And now you're not so distracted all the time anymore. Yes, exactly. And there is a lot of distraction out there, which I guess is the, you know, uh, why people are getting these misconceptions on what they should be doing at different stages of their business. Now, you come across a lot of business owners. Can you tell us maybe the top three things that are the biggest mistakes people are making in that all business owners should be avoiding? Yeah, there is probably the number one mistake is that a lot of business owners take things very personal and it's almost impossible to do that. So you have to look at this from a perspective of opportunity. So something very peculiar happened to me this week. So I'm part of a group that I've been part of and I paid for, for years. And I found out yesterday that I've been expelled from the group and that my account has been suspended. I have no idea why. Nobody told me anything. There was no warning. Nobody said, Beata, you did something. You shouldn't be doing nothing. I mean, I've just been been dropped. And so my first reaction to this is I want to take it personal. Mm-hmm. I want to go in with my sword and I'm going to tell them that they're wrong and how dare they and what WTF, right? I, I want to go in and I want to cause a scene and say, I'm, I'm going to show him. Right. And then there's a part of me where I had to take myself back and say, what's the truth in this? And the truth in this is that due to the sensitivity of that group owner, I've never been really myself because I always felt she was watching what I was doing from a, um, is she infringing in my world point of view? Because you know, we are serving both entrepreneurs. So, which is a a bit of a conflict if you teach entrepreneurs and then when they do what you tell them, then you tell them they can't do that after they paid you money to teach that. So that's a whole, that's a whole other story. But the point of what I'm trying to say is you can't take a person because then I said, well, the truth of the matter is I outgrew that. I got out what I got out. It was a great investment. It was good for the time that it was, but that door probably has to close now. So I'm not distracted because I already made a decision this year to go somewhere else. So don't take these things personal, even though I understand it's it's really hard. That's number one. Number two, mindset has to be a part of your pretty much daily routine on whether you're listening to podcasts, whether you're listening, uh, reading books, but, um, before you go and binge on any Netflix show, make sure that you got your mindset piece in place, journaling, whatever that might be for you. I listen to a lot while I'm driving or while I'm walking or hiking. Um, so just to make sure that what you put in keeps you constantly in that next level of elevation. 
And the third one is the misconception of time. Oh. If you harvest and sow at the same time, it's going to be very difficult. The harvest happens in the fall, but you put the seeds in the ground much earlier. So you can put the seeds in, and I, I do this myself, and I bet you do it too, where we where we go, come on, come on, come on, come on, why is it taking so long? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, so, the impatience, right? I oh, think that's, Jesus. that's what a lot of people struggle with, I know I do. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, sometimes I, I yell at my computer and I go, move, move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, the amount of arguments I've had with my laptop is insane. <laughs> yes, I'm there with you 100%. Okay, I see. So it's everything, everybody, I guess, wants everything to happen all at once right now. And being patient, they say, is a virtue, right? And so when building a business is not something that happens overnight. And in fact, the people that are very successful entrepreneurs in business, they have taken years to build their empire. And so regards to being patient and sowing those seeds like you have mentioned, right? What is the biggest, I guess, advice you would give that young entrepreneur that's really eager to start making money like last week, what would you say to that person? I think that the first thing you really need to do is get very clear what the business model is and and make sure that you understand the problem that you're solving. Because unless you're solving a problem for someone, it's going to be hard to make sales. A lot of times people create the offer before they ever even talk to someone and so then their offer doesn't land because it doesn't solve a problem. It solves a problem that you think exists. I have a um, a prospect that I'm talking to who built an entire um, an entire program that she knows people need, but they don't know they need that. Oh, okay. And so, so go, ahead. go ahead. If if your customer doesn't have an understanding that this is something that will solve a problem for that they're not going to buy. And I think that's 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 probably for somebody starting out the easiest to fall into because they have not so much experience that they say, oh, I know exactly what they need. But it may not be what they want. Or they may not be wanting to pay for it themselves. They may want their employer to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that there's desirability for what you're selling when you start out. I see now... But then isn't it up to us business owners to actually educate and teach people as to why they need this particular service or product? Well, it depends on how much time you have. If you have to educate your customer that they need what you have, you have a double, you have a double bind because you have uh, two pieces you need to do. You have to do the education part and you have to do the sales part. Whereas if you fulfill a need, you only have to do the sales part. So um, educating clients that they need what you have is a very long sales cycle. Okay. All right. I see. I see. And so getting very clear as to what you want your end goal. Now, I don't know about you, but I hear time and time again, people end goal is, yes, to make money. 
right? It's to be able to go on these holidays, to have the big house and the big flashy car. Is that enough to build a business on? Depends on what you want. I think there is nothing wrong with someone having that honesty and saying it's all about money. I mean, I, I certainly don't judge that. We are impact driven. My company's impact driven. So our impact is measured by the impact we help other people make. Yes. And um, so if, you know, if you were my client and I help you build your system, and then as a result of it, you serve another, you know, you can serve 10,000 more people. That's my impact, how I measure my impact. So yeah. that's my fulfillment. Right. I believe that the monetary compensation is a result of solving, uh, solving these problems, but that's not my motivation. But mm-hmm. it is the motivation for other people, especially if you, if you still have something to prove or if you, know, you have a family to feed, you're, you're, you're figuring out where you want to be. You think that that is the goal. And then when you achieve that goal and you have the money, you still figure out that fulfillment is really is really the goal in life. I find people that only look at money and they have money and that's all there is. That's kind of like all there is. I always remember that line from Princess Leia in Star Wars where she says to Han Solo, if money is all you want, money shall be all you have. So it's kind of like that. If money is all you want, money will be all you have. Right. No, and I like that. I like that saying for sure. And I guess when you're building a business, you're building wealth, but wealth is seen in different aspects, right? You can have wealth in money, wealth in love, in relationships. Like it comes in different definitions when you build wealth. And so I get a lot of people again, saying to me, oh, well, I had this idea on I don't know, building a store online where I'm selling scrunchies, but you know what? There's already a hundred people that's doing it. So there's no point in me doing that, right? Because they're going to take all my clients. What would you say to that person? Well, then, you know, make a better scrunchie or make it more fun <laughs> or come up with something that has a little bit of a, of a twist to it or go after one particular area in the market, you know, like let let me just riff here you know maybe go after all the gymnasts that need a little bit of sparkle but it has to look very tidy in their hair you know is there a scrunchie that could fulfill those two criteria of sparkle and elegance without being messy so you 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 look for um something that is a spin on an existing idea because all thing there's very little that hasn't been done yet I mean, if you think about when somebody had the brilliant idea to took water that yeah. comes out of the tap and put it in a bottle and sell it at a premium price. I mean, if you really think about this idea, you go, that's the dumbest, stupidest <laughs> idea I have ever heard in my entire life. All I have to do is go in the kitchen, turn on the faucet, there it is. And now we're going to run into the store I mean, drinking water from the faucet is almost unthinkable today. Right. Even even for our coffee, we now must have, you know, that expensive water. An entire industry was created by making you believe that that water out of a bottle is better than the water out of the faucet. Yeah. So Wa- water people, water. Right, right. And 
the biggest thing that I'm hearing from you regards to that is it's all in the marketing. It's all mm -hmm. how you um, language your service or your product to the rest of the world. 100%. It's that all is, about positioning. Yes, and that is amazing. And this is why people need to work with you and be coached by you because you'll be able to tell them all these tips and tricks all at the same time of building the foundation of the business and make sure that it is successful and they're able to achieve their goals. That is amazing. Oh my goodness, so many golden nuggets. But before we leave, is there any last words you would like to share with the audience? Before I do that, I want to make sure that um, we give you a shout out. So for everyone listening to the podcast, please go to wherever you listen to the podcast, give it a five-star review with a little note that tells the host, our beautiful hostess, what you're taking away from this show and share it with one other person that needs to hear what we were talking about today. So that's my shout out for you. And <laughs> fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, the second piece is, um, I think that you can save yourself a lot of time, energy and money if you build a proper foundation from the ground up, because then you can build it methodically, step by step by step. And you shut out a lot of distractions and you avoid a lot of the money traps that this sounds great, this sounds great, this sounds great, this sounds great. If you know what fits in your overall plan, you're going to get there faster, 100%. Fantastic. And now, if people want to connect with you, work with you, want to learn more about what you do and how to build their business, where can they go? So the first thing I would want you to do is I would want you to figure out what your number one business growth blocker is, and you go to growthblockerquiz.com, and it'll tell you in a couple of minutes what that one thing is that's in your way of really growing your business. The second thing is I'm all over social media, so you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or on Instagram or on Facebook, join our Facebook group, The Growth Architect. And um, I love to hear from the audience. Give me a shout out. Uh, let me know how you're doing. And if there's one thing that you heard where you say, I must speak to her, go to uncoverysession.com. Make sure you mention the podcast Uncensored Society uh, so that I know that it's coming from this show and I'll fast track you with my team to getting an Uncovery session with me. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. Thank you so much. And guys, all the links that have been mentioned in this podcast will be attached to the show notes below. So if you've missed anything, go ahead and scroll down. Connect, connect with Beate. You need her to build your business and to build it right, okay? To make it successful, make sure you go and connect with her, work with her, find out what you need to do. Beate, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming to the show. And oh my goodness, so many golden nuggets. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Make Your Mark podcast at www.makeyourmarkpodcast.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get this and every other episode that comes out. We have lots of great stuff coming. So make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it. 
And thank you in advance for all the reviews and comments. I appreciate it so much. And I look forward to serving you in next week's episode. 